Good morning, everyone. Uh, busy morning on the show. We are going to start things off guests uh, early, 835, about 10 minutes or 20 minutes from right now. We are going to be speaking with the Maricopa County Sheriff Paul Penzone. Been talking recently about the relationship between law enforcement and the county attorney's office and how well they have to work together. A unique relationship, but a very, very important one when it comes to the arrest, prosecution, and conviction of criminals in the towns we live in. Maricopa County, a very large county in land mass and population, and and so we're going to talk with the sheriff about that relationship, how it is now, and uh, moving forward what it needs to look like. So that'll happen in about 20 minutes. Start off this morning with the tax hike proposal of the president as things become more clear and what other people are saying about it. Um, an ABC News report, uh, and this is something we've talked about, what's in this budget? And the budget includes tax increases, but what is in this $5.8 trillion budget? Mr. Biden's budget calls for tax hikes on the nation wealthiest, raising the corporate tax rate to 28%, making sure no company gets away with paying no tax. He claims no one making less than 400000 a year will pay any more in tax. Republicans spent the last election claiming many Democrats wanted to take money away from police. President Biden says he wasn't one of those saying that. The answer is not to defund our police departments. It's to fund our police and give them all the tools they need. The president's budget adds more for community policing, body cameras, crime prevention, criminal justice, Reform. It also increases Pentagon spending. So we are talking about increased spending, not a lot of deficit reduction. So from my from my point of view, which is about a smaller government as small as possible, we have out of necessity spent a lot of money on COVID-19 trying to keep our economy strong. Raising taxes on the job creators never makes sense to me in the first place. But again, if we are going to get by into the class warfare, there is some right in what everybody says. That doesn't mean I I disagree with um, politically. I disagree with bigger government all the time. But there is uh, there is truth when they say that there are corporations that pay nothing. We have to at least acknowledge that there are things that happen in the tax law. And I'm not accusing anyone of cheating. These are people, corporations, whatever you want to call them, that have are navigating the system and doing things legally that are allowing them to effectively not pay um, a, a lot or anything in income taxes. That's not right. We should be simplifying our tax code, not making it worse. So uh, I want you to hear the president talking about the tax structure and how it's not fair. Just pay your fair share. Pay a little bit. A firefighter and a teacher pay more than double, double the tax rate that a billionaire pays. That's not right. That's not fair. Okay, so let's let's be honest about this. What they're talking about are a bunch of the deductions that are happening that people are able to take advantage of, which are in the tax code that this president, as a member of the United States Senate, have changed and morphed over the decades that he has been there. All of these things that he are saying that he's saying is wrong was a part of what he helped build. Now, it's both sides of the political aisle, but these tax shelters and the things that are in, the, in there that, are, that they're complaining about. And the fact of the matter is this year, well, I shouldn't say this year, last year, once we do our income taxes, 57% of American households will pay nothing in federal income taxes. So when you say that's not fair, that none of that's fair. Everybody should pay something in this country. Everybody should pay something in this country. Yes, I disagree with corporations being able to get away with paying taxes. I don't agree with that either. But a simplified code where we knew what people made and we knew what people owed and we didn't have to have a dozen um, 
a, a dozen accountants to get our taxes done properly. So it, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Um, let's listen to one of the president's economic advisors talk about what these tax hike proposals are going to do. Try to figure out how we can fix this problem that billionaires tend to pay a, an effective tax rate of 8%, below what a firefighter or, or uh, uh, a teacher pays in many cases. And that's because our tax system leaves wealth out of its base. And this billionaire's minimum tax disallows that, and it requires billionaires, the top 0.01% of the income scale, to pay at a minimum a 20% tax rate, not the current 8%, raises $360 billion over 10 years and injects a huge dose of fairness into the tax code. All right. It injects $360 billion over the next 10 years. That's $36 billion a year, right? We have a $5.8 trillion annual budget. So going after these billionaires the way you are is a drop in the bucket as to what's necessary to pay our bills and fix our deficits, number one. Number two, the idea that we're going to go after them and effectively tax their assets is insane. Does anybody have any idea what that is going to do? Not to the portfolios of the billionaires, but to the way we all do business. You understand the rich get richer. And if you don't come to grips with that, if that angers you for some reason, you are never going to be happy in a capitalist society, ever. Because that's what they do. But they also won't play the game. And if they don't play the game, that hurts all of us. When you see people that have accumulated huge amounts of wealth, whether it's Elon Musk or anybody like that, that are multi-billionaires, and you look at how many pies they have their fingers in when it comes to business, when you see how many investments they make, I have had the privilege of knowing quite a few wealthy people. And I will tell you that every single one of them that I am friends with do two things that I admire. Number one is that they give generously. They are, I see them at charitable events all the time uh, for amazing organizations and amazing causes, and they give generously. That's the first thing. The second thing they do is they are always looking for new entrepreneurs, whether they're younger than them or whatever, but younger people in business, and they look to mentor them. They invest in their businesses. As a business proposal, I mean, they're going to make money, too. But more than that, they're advisors, and they help them navigate waters and not make mistakes that they made, building the next generation of the wealth makers and making sure that the business structure in America and here in the state of Arizona is strong. And you are going to tear that down if you start doing this. And effectively, this is what is happening. And this this goes for anybody out there that's a homeowner. I want you to think about this. Whatever you pay in taxes right now. Whatever your income tax is based on the income you have and then you find out in next year's taxes, you are going to have to pay taxes on the amount of money that your home has gone up in value. So if you think about the stories that we've seen recently here in the Valley that have said um, you probably your home probably made more money than you did last year. 
If you own a house that was worth $400,000, they say it was a 20% increase, that's going to be $480,000. You now are going to have to pay taxes. If the government did this to you, you're going to have to pay taxes on that $80,000 that you haven't made because you haven't sold your home. That's that's what this proposal does. Now you think about the billions of dollars in buildings and in real estate in general that these billionaires have accumulated, property and assets. And you think about the necessity of now valuing all of that stuff year over year, having accountants do that, and then on top of that paying taxes on it if it grows in value. You haven't sold it yet. But you owe the taxes for its value increase. So you're being punished for being smart and successful. I bought a home in a specific neighborhood for the purpose that I knew that this neighborhood will always be a great value, that that there will always be value in my home because the increases in prices exceed, usually exceed the market in some ways. I got very good advice on where to buy. And it's worked so far. But if I've watched my home increase in value as dramatically as it has, the amount of money that they would be charging me on that would be a a backbreaker financially. Now, it won't break the backs of billionaires, but it's two things. A, it's not going to be but a drop in the bucket overall to any of the deficits or spending that we're doing. You're talking about $38 billion a year as opposed to a budget that's $5.8 trillion a year. So it's nothing. It's adding nothing. You have to be, again, it's firefighters and teachers. It's, it's that class warfare setup that they put us in. If they really wanted fairness, we would make sure that everybody pays something and we all pay the same percentage. That's fair. That's what a sales tax does. If you go buy a car for $5,000 and I go buy a car for $50,000, we pay the same percentage, but I'm paying a lot more because I bought a more expensive car. That's fairness. This is punish the wealthy, punish the rich, but at the same time, it hurts everybody. It is going to hurt the American economy. Maricopa County Sheriff Paul Penzone joins me in just a moment. We talk about the relationship between his office and the county attorney's office, where it was, where it is, where it needs to be. All that's coming up in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, I appreciate you spending some time with the show. I've been talking about the relationship and how important the relationship is for all of us, the relationship between law enforcement and the county attorney's office. When it comes to the arrest, the investigation, the prosecution and conviction and imprisonment in many cases of criminals, the criminal justice system, they depend on each other. This relationship is one of the most important relationships when it comes to public safety. So I reached out to the sheriff, uh, Paul Penzone, to ask him about this relationship as it stands. So he joins us right now. Sheriff, um, give us a little update on where that relationship was recently, where it is now, but most importantly, where you think that relationship needs to be so that you can do your job and we can all feel safe. Sure. No, I mean, you you articulate very well, Mike, but there's a part of it that isn't always um, as obvious, and that's kind of the accountability side of it. it, is the county attorney's office ensuring that law enforcement in certain aspects is accountable and vice versa, because the system only works when we have those checks and balances. But relationally, um, I think it comes down to trust, trust from law enforcement and their 
um, prosecutorial partners um, that we're on the same page when we uh, address issues. Doesn't mean we're always agreeing on everything, but that we have the same conviction and commitment and then trust from the public's perspective to both of our entities that they know that we are going to be objective. We're going to be nonpartisan and we're going to be ethical in our pursuit of justice on behalf of victims um, and enforcement of the, law, the laws that are influenced by our community and then passed by our legislators. So there has to have a balance of trust that, you know, that, that is directed in all aspects of our community. Well, I'm sure you're watching the race for this and the candidates for this office closely and in a different way than the rest of us are. But one of the candidates, uh, Julie Gonigal, recently said that she wouldn't enforce abortion laws uh, if they were on the books for a multitude of reasons. And uh, she and and I wonder how you you just said you've got to do things impartially, but you have to enforce the laws. Uh, how do you feel about that statement that she made? Well, you know, without speaking directly in context to her, let me just kind of give you my philosophy first and foremost on both of our offices. And, and I've said this publicly and I've said this to my colleagues. I do not believe that the county attorney's office, the attorney general's office, the sheriff's office should be political in any context. And the reason that I state that is because we are, you know, it, it, democracy works because we elect people to be leaders in certain spaces. So if you're a legislator, if you're a senator, if you're a representative, whatever it may be, then you have the freedom to be partisan because you are expressing your position on certain issues that are personal or, you know, that reflect your constituents. But in law enforcement, you have to treat everyone with the same level of respect, equality, and you have to have a commitment to the laws as they are written because that's democracy. So we are elected through a democratic process. And then we are empowered to act on the laws that are addressed and written in a democratic process. So even if you disagree with them, you don't have this luxury to kind of be personal and say, well, because I disagree with it, I don't, I don't want to enforce it. If you disagree with it, you can be an advocate for change, but you still have a responsibility. So when I look at the roles and responsibilities that we have, if we get involved in the political side of, of the argument, then suddenly it could appear that our, our decisions and our actions have some level of corruption or some bias in opposition to democracy. Listen, there may be laws or there may be punishments that I look at and I go, I don't really feel comfortable with these. I think that they necessarily need change, but I'm not going to go out and direct my employees and say, stop enforcing that law. What we have to do is, is be trusted to be good caretakers of the laws, to be objective in that process. And if we disagree with something, to use the course of democracy to make positive change. But when we're elected, the minute that we take that office, we're no longer partisan. We serve everyone equally. So I just think that when you when you do those things, you have to have a commitment to understand it may not sit well with you, but people still expect that you'll carry out democracy as it is written, as it, as it is expected, because that's where our nation is founded. And you can look back to the election. People may not have liked the election and those who want to oppose it want to overturn it. But if we don't, as a collective nation, agree to the terms of how democracy works, then democracy fails. So whether it is elections, whether it is laws, whatever it may be, we have to be supportive of the process and then make change through the process as appropriate, but not just neglect our responsibilities, especially when you're in law enforcement. We know that there has been uh, some difficulty in the Maricopa County Attorney's Office, which is why we're making a change with with most recently Alistair Adele stepping down. Um, how is the relationship right now? There hasn't been an interim county attorney appointed yet, but is the relationship with the office still a good one um, in spite of what's happened in the past couple of years? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, at the, at the hierarchy, when you're talking about, you know, the, those that are elected, those that are running the office, 
you know, you want to make sure that you have constant communication and that you're meeting the uh, the needs of your organizations as well as the community. But the X's and O's where the work's really done, when you look at the, you know, the detectives, the deputies, the officers, the prosecutors, more often than not, their relationship is sound. They come to work every day wanting to make a positive difference. They don't want to be in the limelight. They care about victims and they care about public safety um, and they do a great job. Now, there may be some failures in, in you know, unique small spaces, but overall, their relationships withstand the test of time. It's usually at the hierarchy where we screw things up and we're not doing the job the right way and it draws more attention and negative light onto the organizations. And that's not fair. It doesn't reflect their work. It doesn't reflect their commitment. So I think fundamentally the organizations are doing fine, but we absolutely need to get back on track um, where, as I stated earlier, the community can trust that we are deserving the authority that we have and that we're executing it as we're expected to. I always appreciate the input and your willingness to be, you know, kind of give us your perspective because you're so close to it. So I hope you'll come back soon. Absolutely, Mike. And I just, if I could just close with saying, you know, the, my colleagues in law enforcement, the leaders, the chiefs and others are highly concerned. We want to make sure that we're um, that we're working collectively with the prosecutor's office to meet the needs of the community in this, this upcoming election. I doubt you'll see anybody getting involved in trying to get behind candidates, but whoever is elected, we expect that they are going to come to work in those of the grindstone and make a difference to the positive, you know, public safety effort in this community because men and women do the job with their lives on the line. They're dependent on the prosecutors or I should say the prosecutor's office to close that loop on the back end. And as I said, the men and women who work there do a great job of it. But in leadership, we're really looking for a pragmatic, dependable, um, professional county attorney. And that's what we're hopeful for. Well said. Appreciate it as always, Sheriff. Thanks, buddy. All right. That is Sheriff Paul Penzone for just a few moments on this county attorney's race and how it affects law enforcement, not just his office, but all the agencies here in Maricopa County. Coming up in a moment, we are going to speak with Gatos. It's the big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. What are you talking about? Will Smith today again? Yeah. All day. That's all we've talked about. All day. Hey, did you see that uh, they got a booster for uh, for uh, people over, what is it, 70? So you can now get a booster again. Oh, oh I tease. I, I just, you know. It's just, uh, it's just ugly. It's just ugly. If you were here, yeah. I'd smack you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Mike, you know I love to pick on you, man. Yeah, I do. I do. It's yeah. all right. It's okay. How's it going over there today? Is it rain? Yeah, a little bit of rain on the ground. It's nice overcast. It's nice little change of direction for the weather. We sure can use the rain. So, yeah. yeah. People run away from the rain. They're scared of it. They get out and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't have this hit my body. I've got to get inside the as first, soon as possible. The first time I ever came to Arizona when I was landing, it was in the summertime. It was during monsoon and it was raining. And they announced over the speaker that it's raining in Phoenix and everybody cheered. And I yeah. laughed because I grew up in South Florida. I thought that's funny. That, it's crazy what are they cheering for rain then they said there was an inch of rain on the ground and people started to panic and i thought we get an inch of rain every single day in the summer what's an inch of rain and then i saw the news and washes were flooded and cars were stalled and i thought man this place is crazy people in the middle of a highway on top of their car i shouldn't have driven through this (laughs) exactly (laughs) what do you Uh, got for a question well is it time to say goodbye to masks at airports and on planes? Yes. Thank goodness, yes. I think so, too. I think, uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's now at least being discussed. And I know that uh, there are flight attendants that are, you know, I have friends who are flight attendants. I can't tell you how bad it's been for them. Yeah. It's been brutal. I mean, the people they've had to deal with, um, 
you know, some just didn't want to wear a mask and they make it bad for everybody. Listen, nobody wants to wear a mask, but, you know, if they say, put a mask on, you're on the plane, you do what they say. You have they, no choice. They, they tell you to stand on your head, you stand on your head. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think it's time, man. I mean, it, the problem here is that what they're worried about is what if we've got to go back to them? How do we put the genie back in the bottle? That's you what can't. they're thinking. You can't. You 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 can. You should mm. be able to. But mm. you know, if the public is going to rise up if they do that again. Well, I'm just saying, if if things get really really bad, if like if we get a yeah. bad variant, which I don't think we will, right? But if we get a really bad one, you're going to have to put it back in place, and that's what they're worried about. There's always the bearer of such great news. Well, guys. I think they should take the, the get rid of the masks on the airports and the planes. We're ready to go. They're just a ray of sunshine. You know, go and get that <laughs> vaccine again. Go get you that get, booster shot. I'm, I'm all You're over 70-year-old man. Go get it. <laughs> Thanks, Gator. I'll smack you. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> The Big Q poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. I don't know why he makes me laugh every morning. He's just a curmudgeon. He calls me an old man. He sounds like one of those old guys in the balcony on Sesame Street. Um, coming up at just after 9 o'clock, we are going to talk about the possibility of recession. We couldn't imagine saying that word, but is it a reality? We're going to talk about that in just a couple of moments.